Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Jay with us today, who is a business and personal development coach based in Sonoma, California. He's an idea guy. He's crazy creative, woo-woo and spiritual, but grounded in practical solutions. Think East Coast pragmatic meets West Coast progressive. I love that. Jay's why is that he always wanted to follow his passion to be an entrepreneur. So a decade ago, he opened a restaurant, which quickly turned into an involuntary nonprofit, and he lost everything. While the experience nearly killed him, it inspired his evolution to serve first-time entrepreneurs by helping them launch their businesses without losing their savings and sanity. Jay is the host of No Pain, No Game, Entrepreneurship Made Real, a podcast and nationally syndicated radio show. His clients are often spiritually curious business owners pursuing their entrepreneurial journeys in search of personal fulfillment. They retain Jay to help them harmonize their business growth, personal development, and spiritual evolution. Jay, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Jesse, thanks so much for having me on. This is a real uh, honor to be here. I appreciate it. I love the name No Pain, No Gain. I, I, that's such a fascinating spin on the no pain, no gain concept where it's actually learning to understand it. So uh, could you could you just explain a little bit what that means? Because I think it's such a, a beautiful distinction of of how that saying really should be used. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and for, for listeners, uh, the, the distinction here is that it's uh, no pain, no gain, but it's K-N-O-W uh, for both. And, and, and Jesse, where the idea came about is that uh, I was hosting a uh, entrepreneurial speaker series in town that was monthly uh, gatherings. And just the amount of work it took to, to put on monthly live events was, was pretty oppressive. And so I was trying to figure out, hey, how do I parlay this fireside chat interview style to a broader audience and make it a little easier on me? And the, the podcast uh, uh, light bulb went off. And as I was thinking about, what did I, hey, what do I want to focus on? What do I want to talk about? One of the things that, that sort of struck me as a hot button issue is how many, uh, I'm going to call them like false prophets are out there right now in the entrepreneurial guru space that are, are doing the whole jazz hands thing and look at my car and look at my beach house and set up a funnel and you get this. And uh, I just thought that was so BS. And what I wanted to do was to uh, create a platform where we have candid conversations about those darker moments of entrepreneurship and what's it really like when you're running out of money? What's it really like when you're doubting your own confidence uh, and that whole theme. And so uh, there's a large emphasis of this, of the show is around uh, mistakes that, that we learn from along the way so that uh, you can know that gain almost without going through the pain. Sometimes you'll know, allow, allow other people to go through it and learn their lessons. When you were in your most painful place, Jay, a decade ago, when you were, you were going through, you turned your restaurant into a nonprofit because of the circumstances, what was the biggest lesson you learned from that painful place that was surprising you and that still serves you today? Huh. That's a very good question. I think for me, it would be as we try to pursue our passions, making sure that they're aligned with what we're capable of and working in areas of giftedness. And so uh, there's a million different ways to skin a cat. And so uh, what I learned for me was at that time, I didn't know how to think like an entrepreneur. I had the, the passion down. I had the work ethic and, and, and some of the, uh, the technical know-how, but the entrepreneurial puzzle piece was missing for me. And I think a lot of people 
pursue their uh, their their businesses without giving a lot of thought to the amount of freedom they have to tailor make that business to suit their needs and how they're hardwired as an entrepreneur. And so I think a lot of us adopt business models that don't fit us and marketing strategies that don't fit us. And we run the motions and we don't get the effects that we want, but we don't understand why. And so uh, learning how to align those two so that you're operating from your sweet spot and your passion spot, uh, I, I think was, was the biggest thing that came through for me. I love that distinction. You know, it's, it's passion and business is same as often where we talk about in relationships where passion can be so blinding, right? Mm -hmm. And we often act before we speak and think. And before we realize that we've gotten in so far deep that we're not quite sure, you know, it's when you, when you get hit by a wave and you're underneath the water, they only say try to follow the bubbles. But if you're so disoriented, you can't even figure out which way the bubbles go. Right. You, you get out of that and you have this idea to really help these first time entrepreneurs launch their businesses. And it's really kind of the idea of getting it right, right. The first yeah. time. And I think that's really unique because one of the things you were telling me beforehand is that something that's been on your heart during this whole kind of unique pause period that we're in. And uh, this is at the time of the recording, it's May 13th, 2020. So we're still in the middle of the Corona COVID lockdown here in California is one of the things you really help is people get it right during this time. What, what is getting it right look like for you? Yeah, I'm going to uh, preface this and say getting it right might not equate to the success that that individual is wanting at the time. You know, sometimes we go through things that, uh, you know, as an example with like the restaurant for me was mm -hmm. a go through failure moment that really provided a springboard for other things later. And so I, I think getting it right for me right now means a lot around making sure there's a real authenticity and resonance between what one is pursuing and what they really want out of life. Um, and, and learning how to increase their uh, sensitivity and awareness so that they start to have discernment for when they're drifting from that at all. And then course correcting uh, a little more quickly. And I, I think that's a blind spot for many of us, especially first time entrepreneurs. And so we uh, lump on a lot of the shoulds into our business from prior perhaps corporate experiences or uh, preconceptions about what a business should look like and end up having a lot of extra baggage in the business that doesn't serve that person sort of strips them of their passion and their, their love for what they're doing. How do entrepreneurs start to get in touch with that authenticity, Jay? And I think that's such an important point. And in entrepreneurial culture, especially in our country, it, you know, so much of the, the values that seem to be valued mm -hmm. are the grind and working harder. And, you know, you, you're sleeping on your couch while I'll sleep on the floor under my desk. And totally. you, put in, you put in 12 hours on a Sunday while well, I'll put in 15 plus I'll yeah. get up extra early on Monday just because. Yeah, yeah, totally. Know? And then it's like, what, what did you say? Like the, the, the guru culture that's out there online and, and whatnot. And there's not a lot of talk about authenticity. So how does someone really learn to identify and then connect and live that out in their business? It, it, so uh, super true what, what you're talking about. And I'm going to uh, broadly lump in kind of two phases. So if we think about that baby boomer generation that was all corporate and you stay in one job for 30 years and if you don't like it, you just suck it up and that's what life is. Feel is peculiar that a lot of us that are going through this, this wave of, of entrepreneurial popularity uh, in some form of resistance or protest towards that prior environment, 
then made a bunch of jobs entrepreneurially for themselves that they hated and they turned into the same grind and work environment again the, the, the consistent theme between the two is this suppressing of one's emotions and feelings in order to get through something and so there there is that grind component uh, no matter what you're doing how and and so I, I think where we get in trouble sometimes is those warning signs pop up. Uh, it, it could be exhaustion. It could be stress. It could be, hey, this isn't feeling right to me or the fun's gone out of this or whatever it is. And sometimes misinterpret those as part of the grind that we have to get through to get to the other side hmm. versus being able to sit with it and go a little deeper and feel it and pick it apart and say, is it that? Or am I starting to drift into a direction that's not serving me or the business? And I think Going back to your comments around kind of like, hey, what is our, our entrepreneurial culture right now in this country? Uh, I would say it's much more masculine dominant of hit the gas, you know, make things happen, hit the wall hard, than it is sit back, reflect and get it right. And uh, I, I guess the one thing that I'll, I'll say wrapping this up is if we think about it as pulling a, a bow back farther and farther, it doesn't really matter how quickly we get the arrow off if it's not aimed at the bullseye. And so a lot of us, I think, pursue uninspired action under this false notion that we're, we're getting somewhere, that we're making things happen. But all we're really doing is running faster up a ladder that's propped up against the wrong wall. That's so true. Like, why is it that that's so important to us? You know, why is it so important? Why is it more important to me as an entrepreneur, as you know, entrepreneur, stereotypical entrepreneur X to tell you that I did 50 things on my to-do list and maybe none of them really moved me forward. The bullseye was right in front of me. I was kind of dinging all over the place. Why is it more important for me to tell you 50 than tell you the one thing that I really nailed? It's so true. And uh, by the way, I'm, I'm by no means immune to this game and have yeah. done it multiple times <laughs> yeah. uh, myself. I think here's my theory on this is that entrepreneurship is in some ways like being a realtor where you can have pretty long droughts of success. And that's just the nature of the beast. You know, if you're starting out building a company, the success that you have in your mind's eye when you envision the launch isn't the reality that you're experiencing at that moment. And so there's not a lot of um, wins in that category. And so I, I think we reach for these, uh, you know, puritanical work ethic type things as validators of esteem or success that we can hang our hat on in that process. And so we're able to say something like, well, Hey, you know, we're not cash flow positive yet, but uh, you know, I put in 20 hours today and I can hang my hat on that and that feels real and workable. Uh, and I think it stems from a, a lack of trust in the process and mm -hmm. being able to put faith in what is really important and stand by our truth. I think, uh, Again, going towards our entrepreneurial culture in this country, it's a, a win at all cost game. And I think a lot of people play it uh, to where, where that's the only option they're allowing themselves. You know, they, they make it out to be, hey, if this fails, I fail, I'm a failure. And this has to happen at all costs versus saying, hey, you know, it's, it's okay if it doesn't fail. And by the way, statistically, it's going to fail. And so why don't we make better peace with that? and allow ourselves to kind of enjoy more of the process, knowing that we're safe and are going to come out the other side of the stronger regardless. God, it's fascinating to hear you say that like that, because I've never linked these up together too, where you said most of the energy, we usually approach it with this more masculine type of energy, right? Where hit the wall harder. And then it's, it's almost like we have to quantify 
we make these metrics of success by how much we put in because that validates masculinity. That what's it mean to be a man is I'm going to work harder or provide and all these types of things, right? But we're actually yeah. may doing doing the exact opposite and trying to work harder in a you know, putting 50 arrows away from the bullseye, we're actually outworking ourselves from the way everything that we want to do, which is we want to nail the bullseye so we can provide for our family, provide food, provide shelter, whatever that is, right? Live the life, go on the beach, go on the vacation, do those cool types of things. Sure. Hmm. Sure, totally. And, and I think about those moments, you know, going back to this sort of male uh, or masculine feminine energy divide here where, you know, uh, traditional sales logic says get a get a, a crm going get your lead list contact them every other day hit the phone blah 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 and we've all cranked in that experience before and then uh we also all know that that time where we were just in a great mood and went to go get a cup of coffee or walk the dog or grab a drink with a friend and lo and behold magically the exact perfect customer ends up being next to you in line and makes small talk with you and says hey do you have a card or something like that and we've all had those beautiful synergistic moments occur and both worlds can happen and, and, I, and for my world and my experience i don't feel good when i'm running that that other playbook uh I'm, I'm much more enjoying the latter these days and realizing that you can make your business however you want it to be and be successful in either uh category but once you align with one that works best for you you show up differently and the, and the world picks up on it too do you find jay that and I might not be phrasing this properly, but do you find that there's a correlation between effort and enjoyment, meaning that the more you're enjoying the process, the less effort it seems versus the reverse would have been, it seems like the more effort we put into, which again is what we seem like we think we have to do, the less enjoyable the process seems. I agree with that a million percent, a million percent, mm -hmm. definitely. <clears throat> yeah. It's so fascinating. Like we, we, in entrepreneurial, we, we, we want to have frictionless, but we often exist so much in friction. And it's so it, contrarian, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. But you look at it like almost any of our dynamics bro about to that. We want to have frictionless relationships with many of our relationships. If we don't have friction in them, we don't even know what to do with it. Yes. If yeah. we, when we want to have frictionless health, but if we don't have some sort of crisis going on in our health, we may not even know what to do with it. Totally. Hmm. And, and, and I feel like uh, for a lot of people that I work with that are these first-time entrepreneurs, they're often seeking personal happiness and fulfillment through that entrepreneurial uh, portion of the journey, meaning they haven't had happy relationships a lot of the times with their, their prior jobs or, or corporate go-arounds. Uh, and so to your point, I, I think we, we get addicted to that tension and drama and get indoctrinated into that. And so if you've only had unhealthy relationships your entire life, uh, you're going to likely repeat those things. And so, you know, we'll, we'll create this entrepreneurial journey and then recreate all that friction and resistance that we didn't like in our prior iterations, not because we want to do it, but we just don't know any better. You know, it's almost like not knowing what a healthy relationship looks like. And I think, that's where a lot of people need to focus as they're, especially as they're starting their journeys. Hmm. Not knowing a healthy relationship, not knowing what a healthy business looks like. Is that, is that where they should start? Is that where an entrepreneur should start? If they're really beginning to, they're, they're, because I think right now too, a lot of people are asking this question, you know, the, the, the global landscape as we knew it has changed so dramatically. And right. I think in the U S right now, we're at like something like 25 to 30 million people are on unemployment right now. So there's a percentage of that population that's asking the serious question, like, should I go and do something on my own? 
these totally. first, yeah. So these first time entrepreneurs, <clears throat> for, I guess, so there's a couple, there's a couple questions here. Number one, the pre-decision, meaning should they be making that pre-decision about exploring that? Because I imagine a lot of people are in this uncertainty space. Right. Is that the best framework to make that decision in? And then number two, if they decide that they're going to do the entrepreneur, they're going to commit to it. What is the most important first step that they can take? Love that question. So, and I totally agree with you. I think we're going to see a, a, a big pop in entrepreneurship coming out of this, both out of necessity. And I think a lot of people are waking up uh, emotionally and realizing they might've been leading lives that they weren't super excited uh, about and wanting to change something up coming out of this. Yeah. So first question that you had asked was, is, is this the time to be making this decision? And I, I hear your point, you know, a lot of times, uh, stressful or tough times are not the ideal ones to make very complicated uh, next step decisions out of. However, I feel that this one's particularly ripe for folks to do that. And the reason being is that, you know, if we think back to our, our busy, busy lives, however many months ago, where it was go, 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 we're, we're so caught up in this web of things that we're, we're committed to and all these obligations, it's really easy to uh, let these things slide, you know, be like, like you said, it's like taking care of our health. And so it's something that we can kind of brush under the carpet for a long time. However, um, many of us don't have those distractions right now. And mm -hmm. that life and those obligations aren't around in the same way that they were. And so from my two cents, it's the best time to make, uh, I'm not sure if it's to me make the decision, but at, at the very least, just explore the thought process because you probably have better clarity right now than you ever have had before about yourself and what you want in life. And also there's way less noise going on uh, than usual. And so your, your ability to tune in with self is going to be pretty big. Uh, and then final question that you'd ask around, what's the best thing that they should be doing right now? So yeah, what's that most important first step? Yeah, I, I think it, I, I'm going to go back and, and double down on this with that. It's checking in uh, with oneself and, mm -hmm. and figuring out, what that looks like and how do they want it to look and be and what does a healthy relationship look like? Because the, the number one question that I'm often asking uh, folks if I'm working with them and they're, they're making that transition from corporate uh, to entrepreneurship is are we, um, are we rowing towards something or are we pushing off of something? Hmm. And for if, you, if folks can dial into themselves and check that energy, if you're still in the pushing off of space energy, it's probably not the right time. And so continue to do the cleanup, continue to work in that because all you're gonna do is, you know, it's like a rebound relationship. You're just gonna bring all that stuff that you didn't like in the prior to influence and inform so many of the decisions that you're gonna be making in this next venture. And so don't use entrepreneurship as a weapon to further hurt yourself in, in the journey. Uh, sit tight, explore with this, figure out what you really want the expression of you to look like uh, as, as far as a being pulled towards something versus a pu pushing off of it. And I think you're going to get much cleaner answers. And that uh, one way to know that you're on the right path is you're not going to think your way through this one. The uh, out outcomes that you envision are going to feel like fun and play and relief more so than structure and work and strategy. Jay, I loved how you just said that. Do not use your entrepreneurial journey as a weapon to hurt yourself. This importance of cleaning out the emotional closet, so to speak, before we really dive into this. I, just if you could explore this a little bit more, what are some of the 
you know, what, is your, what is your observation been of entrepreneurs who don't do that, who don't take the time to do the emotional clean out? They dive in. What are, the, what are some of the fallouts that come from that? Because I think this is so important. I, I don't think a lot of people really talk about this when they're going into business. It doesn't, it's not sexy. It right. doesn't work in a funnel. It nope. definitely doesn't work when we're scrolling through Facebook and it's not usually going to get us to stop and click and opt in when we see, oh, here's how you're going to clean up your emotional closet before you start your business that's going to earn you six right. figures by Sunday. Totally. So what, what have you, in your observation, what are some of the consequences of people who do not take that time to do that? How does that affect them? So oftentimes what I'll see is fear is the number one driver uh, and, and what they're doing. And it's, it's uh, fear of failure, you know? And so the game gets set, set up to be, listen, every time I make a decision, what keeps me the safest? Uh, you know, what will, will most ensure my success? And it's a really crappy decision-making platform to operate from. Uh, you know, it's like going to the grocery store when you're hungry type of deal. And so you're, you're, what, you're, what I think you'll see as symptoms is, is that all of the lousy emotions that that person would experience prior to this venture are now being recreated in it. So it was anxiety, resentment, sitting down and doing emails in the prior gig all those things are starting to show up again and um, self judgment is going to be going through the roof because one's inner critic usually gets super busy around this time. And yeah. so there's going to be lots of uh, poor quality self-talk going on through this process. Uh, and there's not going to be a lot of play involved. It's going to feel more like survival as what I would throw some kind of symptoms. I, heard an interview with Gary Vee the other day and he was saying that one of the things he's most excited about this time is he thinks that the era of the fake entrepreneur is over over uh -huh. the fake entrepreneurs are again a lot of those ones that we might scroll through and they've they've copied and pasted a funnel they're promising six figures by Sunday right and they're literally standing in front of a card lot with some money they borrowed off their credit card to make it seem like they're living the yes. dream if you could see the entrepreneurial landscape evolve in any way from this time period, how would you like to see it evolve? Good question. I, I wish we could all wave this magic wand for ourselves because I, I think it's a, a great experience for everybody. And I'm, I'm not convinced that everyone's kind of having that uh, experience right now as well. My, <clears throat> excuse me, my wish would be this is that, I think a lot of people are realizing that they don't care about money and status as much as they thought they did. And so my hope is that we have a emergence coming out of this of a lot of people that are excited to harmonize the way that they show up in the world with themselves. And mm -hmm. so uh, if you can think about, you know, when grass comes out for the first time each year and it's got that vibrant, crazy green I feel like that's how things are going to start to look and feel for people. They're going to have that engagement, that awakening. And I, I really hope that we reshuffle the priority deck as far as what we put values on and what we choose to celebrate both for ourselves and uh, the values that we show in our communities and on Facebook and with our dollars and how we do all of that. Uh, and I, I think we're going to see a really clean rebalancing. You know, there's still going to be, strife and there's still going to be the old systems and the machinery and all of that stuff. But, but I think we're going to see a really nice awakening. Hmm. How do you, you know, 
I, I appreciate you saying that so much. And it's something that I've, I've, I, I think I, like many entrepreneurs wrestle with that in the sense of when I look at what my value system is, money's definitely not the top. Right. And, you know, for me, happiness, joy, fulfillment, you know, purpose, authenticity, those kinds of things all get up there. But then I also realize that if I have money, I can leverage it in the way that I can do more of the things I love to do. I can help more people make a bigger impact. And I wrestle with this. I, the call I was on before you, it was a group where everybody's talking about doing five-figure offers, seven-figure launches, like all these big numbers. And it's almost intimidating. I'm like, wow, those are really, really big numbers. And I hear them talking about some matter-of-factly and then there's a part of me that says, okay, well, I, I would really love to do that because I look at how much that could help, how much of an impact I can make. But then there's this other part of me that goes, well, if, if that becomes my focus, does that pull me out of alignment with some of my core values? But then if I pull out my alignment with my core values, am I, am I leaving opportunity on the table where I could really make an even bigger impact? Yeah. You know, so how do, how do we as entrepreneurs if we're having that wrestling match in our mind, how do we come to grips with it? How do we reconcile it to be able to be in a place where we're able to be in alignment with our values, but I think earn a earn an income that is reflective of the impact we want to make in the world. Right. Yep. So, so two things come up for me as, as you describe this. One is this imposter syndrome type of thing that you know all of us experience at one point to a larger degree or another. And, you know, uh, do we feel that we can be abundantly compensated for what we're putting out in the world? And are we okay with that? And so there's that one, you know, related, mm -hmm. I think the underlying theme here of your question is cleaning up our emotional relationship with money in one form or another. So part of it for me is, are we okay with being uh, handsomely compensated for what we're doing? Do we feel good about that? And does that work for us? And then on the other hand, let's pretend we're more in that mindset of, Hey, I, I um, wanting to make more, this feels right to me and things like that. I'd be looking at where does money own you and how is that serving you in your current world? And if you can re explore and rewire that a little bit, I, I think we just stay in flow a little more frequently. And you know, as we all know, it's when we're most in flow and most in play when we do our best work that everyone else then celebrates and rewards us for. And so knowing that that's the game that we're focusing on and that the money's a byproduct of it, I, I think is just the stronger lead. I, I think a lot of us, because there are those, uh, you know, basic survival uh, drivers that money can help fix. I think a lot of us up prioritize wealth in our pursuit ahead of, are we in flow and doing our best work? Hmm. Entrepreneurs you work with, Jay, we're assuming they've come in, they've cleaned out their emotional closet. They're, you know, they're in an authentic alignment with their business. Where do you usually see as the next biggest hangup for them in terms of developing their business and running it? Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, normally I'd say something around, you know, they're starting to go through that curve of exploration to then starting to get some systems in place and scaling things and whatnot. But I think the, the more interesting spot to look at that we don't often pay attention to and get ourselves in trouble on is most of us have never done this before. So we're 
holding this concept in our mind's eye about what it's going to look like to get this business set up and what it's going to feel like to be an entrepreneur. And then let's say they hit that spot that you're describing right now where they're, they're getting some success going and they're at a little bit of an inflection point. I watch most people just hit the gas harder and then just try to increase their volume more at that stage. And how do we get mm. more going of all of this and, and pump things out more and get more customers in and move to a scalable model and all that stuff. I think the, the more important spot to look at is realizing and doing a quick pause and an assessment of, do I like what I've created? Is this the thing that I want to now use as my foundation to build more on top of? And I think once we start to get any taste of success, uh, which you know a lot of entrepreneurs never get to that stage, it's so uh, alluring that it's like, holy shit, I did this. What's making it happen? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're safe. We're not out of money yet. And there's like this punch drunk thrill around that level of success. But I think the stronger play is to re-examine and retool at that spot uh, mm -hmm. so that you could do that cleanup of the parts of the business that maybe you lumped on that aren't the best fits for you or realizing, oh, wow, uh, I never even knew I was great at this aspect of my work or I've got this level of passion now that I want to infuse into whatever I create next. So I, I think it's a, a retool period. And, and then do those next things about greater scale, greater growth, uh, and some, kind of some of those more traditional MBA type things. I love that. Jay, we just have time for one more question. The notion of re-examining and retooling, God, that's such a really cool concept that you never hear. It's one of those they don't teach you in Harvard Business School, right? And again, it's not going to appear up on any funnel about how to scroll to six figures on, by Sunday. I imagine that you do this often when you, when you, and I don't know if you're doing it now, but in your times when you pause and re-examine and retool, what are the, some of the things that you're looking to realign or grow on or expand on with yourself and what you're doing? I think one of the first things that I look at are what am I avoiding in my business? So, you know, it's usually a pretty good indicator that we've assigned ourselves something that we're not very inspired about. And so I'll look around at all the areas where I'm or projects where I'm behind on deliverables or emails to other people on the team or whatever those things look like. And those to me are indicators of I got excited about something. I saw the flashy dangly thing, went for it, and, but didn't check out, hey, did this fit a lot? And so I think most of us that are, are entrepreneurial are, are also pretty uh, creative and opportunistic in what we see. And most people I know have that shiny dangly squirrel mentality about some aspect of their business. So that'd be one of the things I would look at is where am I losing passion in things? Uh, and then I think the other one that I look at is there's this, I'm going to call it a vocational hangover for most of us, where as we do our next thing, we're also bringing all the things that we did prior to it into it. And a lot of times it muddies the water. So something that I always like to recommend is if you were to have a clean start today and you know, fill in whatever today's date is and you were gonna create what's next from here, cleanly and separate from all your prior stuff, what does that look like? And it's usually something quite different than the obligations that we've brought in of our prior careers and uh, pre preconceived notions of ourselves and who we're supposed to be in the world and the environment and our family and things of that nature. I love that. Thank you. Everyone, you're going to want to rewatch, re-listen, take lots of notes, whether you are a new entrepreneur considering jumping into entrepreneurial space or your seasoned entrepreneur, Jay shared so much that you can use in practical, actionable items to takeaways that you can begin implementing right now.
whether it's cleaning off your cleaning out your emotional closet or pushing away or rowing towards something god i love that notion considering that you don't want to use the emotional baggage from the past and your own entrepreneurial journey to weaponize to further harm yourself to be sure to take those times to pause and reflect and make sure that what you're doing is something you're enjoying doing are you focusing on the right things are you just shooting arrows for the sake of shooting them are you really taking the time to aim even if it may mean shooting 20 less arrows, but you shoot that one good one and you hit the sweet spot. And really getting clear on things like your authenticity and your cadence. Are you doing the things that matter? Are you showing up in the way that you want to show up? Are you back in the entrepreneurial rat race pursuing the dream that we see so many on Facebook when we scroll through and our, our late night scrolls and look at them over-promising and sometimes under-delivering too? I love, love the idea that if we just slow down and we really check in, you know, and so often in business and in life, we just, we just never take the time to do that. But if you do that and make that a part of your business, not check in on metrics, the things that we think we're supposed to do, but check in on with yourself, really reflect, take that time to retool, take that time to recalibrate, always be clear on who you are, who you really are, not who you think you're supposed to be and build your business that way. And you'll be able to be handsomely rewarded, handsomely profitable, but also enjoy the journey along the way. Jay, this has been absolutely incredible, man. Thank you so, so much for sharing. This has been an absolute blessing. I've really enjoyed being here, Jesse. Thank you. And I, I really appreciate uh, all your listeners tuning in and uh, being here with us today. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, everybody, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to